Arjuna Uvacha, Prakritim Purusham Chaiva, Shetram Shetrajna Mevacha, Etad Veditumichami, Gyanam Jneyam Chakeshava. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha, Idam Sari Ram Kaute, Ya Shetram Ich Yabidiyate, Etad Yovititad Prahu, Shetrajna Ititad Vida. Arjuna said, O my dear Krishna, I wish to know about Prakriti, nature, Purusha, the enjoyer, and the field and the knower of the field, and of knowledge and the object of knowledge. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, This body, O son of Kunti, is called the field, and one who knows this body is called the knower of the field. O son of Bart, you should understand that I am also the knower in all bodies, and to understand this body and its knower is called knowledge. That is my opinion. Now please hear my brief description, description of this field of activity and how it is constructed, what its changes are, whence it is produced, who that knower of the field of activities is, and what his influences are. That knowledge of the field of activities and of the knower of activities is described by various sages in various Vedic writings. It is especially presented in Vedanta Sutra with all reasoning as to cause and effect. The five great elements, false ego, intelligence, the unmanifested, the ten senses in the mind, the five sense objects, desire, hatred, happiness, distress, the aggregate, the life symptoms, and convictions, all these are considered, in summary, to be the field of activities. Vajana Trimanandasya, Jina Jina Salakaya, Chakshur Unmilitanyena, Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. So we can see from the information being inquired about by Arjuna and being relayed by the Supreme Lord himself that there is no lacking of a firm philosophical understanding when it comes to the nature of the soul and the living entity and this material world. This detailed knowledge is, is given, but unfortunately people have very little interest in the science of self-realization. Although there may be a certain class of men who pose themselves as spiritualists, as religious people, uh, as faithful people, unfortunately their faith is not well-grounded in a philosophical understanding of what is matter, what is spirit, uh, what is the interrelationship between the two, who is the Supreme Lord and what is his actual position, his factual standing. Uh, such faithful people, of course, can advance through pious activity, but in the ultimate issue, in order to attain 
to the platform of liberation in order to be relieved of existence within the material world, one must come to a, to a proper understanding based on true knowledge. That doesn't mean that in order to attain to the topmost platform of devotional service, to actually fall in love with the Supreme Lord, that one must become an accomplished philosopher. It does not mean that. What, what it does mean is that one understands that true knowledge is not, cannot be based on any misconception. We must know truly our position and the position of the Lord. Not that we have to have, have an intelligence that's steeped in so much detail. Because as we remember earlier, Krishna said, what need is there for all this detailed knowledge? With the simple spark of my splendor, I pervade and support this entire universe. What, you're, what the environment that you're accustomed to, all that is just a, a, a teeny particle. And also, when we look at the great vast library of Vedic understanding and uh, all the writings of the great Acharyas, of which this is just a, a meager handful, you see behind me, even acquiring all that knowledge, when we, when we talk about the position of the Supreme Lord, the infinite Lord, all this, all these great literatures left to us by the Acharyas, they simply can guide, they give us a light. But true knowledge of the Lord comes by purifying ourselves and directly experiencing Him. This knowledge, it lights the way. It gives us an understanding. That understanding allows us to see the significance of the acceptance of a bona fide spiritual master, the adherence to his instruction, and the value of that activity. Ultimately, simply by humbly accepting an attitude of service and submission and inquiry of a, of a pure devotee and accepting him as one's spiritual master, that in and of itself is sufficient to grant us advancement in spiritual life. So on one hand, we have to have enough in, we have to have enough knowledge to grab onto the concept of the significance of engaging in pure devotional service, of purifying our existence, of giving up material attachment that keeps us in illusion of our true spiritual life, that activity of submissive devotional attitude and service is sufficient to grant us purification of the heart. Once the heart is purified, then naturally our true spiritual nature emerges. It's there. It's lying dormant. Spiritual life is nothing that, it's not an artificial imposition on our being. It is our being. 
What's the artificial imposition is engaging in activities which are contrary to our true spiritual nature of being a pure servant of God. So Krishna consciousness is very simple, a very simple process, but it's not a process that lacks in any way very detailed scientific information as to who we are, what the Lord's different energies are, both material and spiritual, and the actual nature of the Supreme Lord, how he manifests that energy and how he pervades everything by that energy and how he also personally interacts with us through his energy and personally through the pure devotee and also himself with us. In this 13th chapter, Arjuna wants a little bit of detailed knowledge. Can you explain to me what is the nature of this field of activity? What is the nature of myself and what do I need to do? How does, how does it all work? So he, that's what he's asking about. How does, how does this material body and the interaction of this body with this environment, how does it come about? Tato Brahma Jignasa. Now, with enough intelligence, we can inquire into the true nature of things, the true nature of ourselves, the true nature of the Supreme Lord. So as a question is very simple. I wish to know about Prakriti. I want to know about this environment that I'm in. I want to understand it. What's it made of? What, what, are, its ver what are the various components of this environment? It's all material. It is all material, yes, but exactly... Break it down for me. Explain it in detail. Purusha, the enjoyer. I can see that in this environment, my nature is to enjoy. So I'm enjoying eating, I'm enjoying seeing, I'm enjoying hearing. So what's my nature in this environment? Am I meant to be this enjoyer? Is this environment simply here for my pleasure so that I can enjoy with, with this field? with this vehicle, and the field and the knower of the field and of knowledge of the object of knowledge. He really wants to understand what's going on. What's real knowledge? You know, I don't want to be bewildered. Tell me what, what is true knowledge here when it comes to looking at myself and my relationship with the body, how the body is in, interacting with the environment. So the Lord begins. This body, O son of Kunti, is called the field. And one who knows this body is called the knower of the field. Simple explanation. Our body is our field of activities. I have my field. You have your field. The dog has his field. The tree has its field. Everybody has their little field of activity. And according to their field, they can interact with the environment. The dog can smell much better than I can. But he doesn't have intelligence to do the things I can do. 
he's limited in certain ways, but in certain ways, some of his, some of the field, some of his field is better than my field. The eagle can see much better than I. It can fly in the sky. I can't. So the fields are different. All these fields, and it's explained that there are eight million four hundred thousand different species of living entities. That's a lot of different variegated fields of activity from little, you know, microbes up to the creator of the universe, all the demigods who have all mystic opulence. I mean, a lot of different fields. I mean, even on our planet, I don't uh, know the actual figures, but I mean, how many species of life have they cataloged? How many have gone and how many are they finding all the time? And every time they jump into the ocean, they find more. Oh, we just discovered this. Let's give it a name. When you give it a name, then you can control it. So names are real important. So we'll call this that and we'll call this. And you look and they give these big, long scientific names for all these different species. Very amazing. All different fields. But inside all those fields... There's one knower. And the quality of the knower in all the different fields is the same. Just as, and Prabhupada points that out in the purport we just read for those first two verses. Just as we see our field changed many times. Keeps changing. But we're the same. We're the constant. The field's changing. It's a little teeny, very small field, and it grows within the womb of the mother, and it develops senses and bodily organs, and then it, it takes birth and exists for some time. It matures, grows, matures. It creates some fruit, some offspring, and then it dwindles, and it gets miserable. Then it dies. But there's, we're the same. The person is the same. Simple spiritual philosophy. Any man with common sense can see that there is a distinction between himself and the body. That's the beginning of human life. We have to at least come to that level of consciousness. It's such a simple thing to accomplish, but people have such a hard time doing it. And we can see how that how it works. If I'm driving down the street in my brand new Lincoln Continental and someone comes up and smashes it, immediately we jump out of our car and, oh my gosh, you've hit me. I've hit you? I don't think I hit you. Is that you? <laughs> I just thought you were, that was your car and you're simply driving it around. All right, that's a crude example. Same thing. When somebody comes up and, and there's some harm to our body, you've done this to me. Or in some circumstance, let's say, on a, you know, we lose a limb, we, uh, an arm is locked off in some battle, blown off. It's laying. Is that me? Part of you. Mm. Mm. What, if it, what if they can't reattach it? 
then what's it become? An object. It becomes a worthless piece of flesh. Yeah. Good meal for the dog. <laughs> Not me. Not entirely. Not at all. Not at all. The second it's cut off, it's not you. It wasn't you to begin with. You are inhabiting this field of activity by what? What's pervading this field of activity? Consciousness? Yes. Consciousness. You're conscious of these different... This body, this vehicle, you're conscious of it. And you're driving it. Your intelligence is driving it. Your consciousness is pervading it. You're saying, pick this up. Chew this. Swallow that. Feel this. Hear that. So this is a very simple simple understanding. So Krishna's beginning there. And Prabhupada's purport is pointing out, understand the simple thing. You have remained the same but the field, even the field of your current experience is con- has continually changed. Dehi no svinyata dehi kamaram javaram jara As the conditions, as the, as the conditioned soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. So Prabhupada quotes that in the purport from second chapter. If we can step back and see, and you know, even though my memory may not be that good, I do remember I was a little child once. And the body then and the body now is not the same. (laughs) That's spiritual consciousness. That's spiritual knowledge. Krishna goes on. O son of Bart, you should understand that I am also the knower in all bodies. And to understand this body and its knower is called knowledge. Oh, so now we're going on. First Krishna explained that the person who knows the body, that the body is the field and the knower of the... And one who knows the body is called the knower of the field. Two items are there. The body and the knower of the body. The self, the atma. Now he's going on. In addition, there's me. And I know. But the, my knowing and your knowing are not the same. Your knowing is limited. Your knowing is limited to your field. But do you think the field knows? No, the field is matter. Krishna will go on to explain that. The arm that was lopped off, does it know? Well, if you cut the head off the serpent, it still continues to run. Yeah, this, this, this is. But is there consciousness in that, or is it just some mechanical response? So, not to over 
was moving at the time. It's, it's muscle. The muscle's still moving. Yeah, the field just kind of goes on for a moment and then it collapses. Doesn't last for long, that running. Right. Not going to run around the block. <laughs> Krishna goes on now in addition to your field and your knowledge of the field your consciousness that's pervaded and made you aware of the field there's also me and I'm the knower and I know all the fields all the bodies <laughs> I'm aware of all of them you're limited you're infinitesimal I'm infinite I know them all Crude example prop is given in the foreport. A farmer in a kingdom, he may know his little patch of ground. This is my little patch of ground, and I till it, and he says, this I acknowledge of. The king, he's aware of all the patches of ground. Mm -hmm. He taxes them all. They're all within his kingdom. So similarly, for our understanding, I mean, Krishna's, Krishna is all-pervading. He knows all the fields. He's like a king. He pervades and surveys them all. They are all an expansion of his kingdom. Then text 4, Krishna says, Now please hear my brief description of this field of activities and how it is constituted. What's it made up of? What its changes are and whence it is produced. Who that knower of the field of activities is and what his influences are. Influences on him or by him? How much he can, what, uh, what he can do with it within the field. What, what facility he has. Within practicing? Right, within his particular field. Mm -hmm. He's referring specifically to the Atman here. Yes. He's referring to... Not to himself. No. As, the, as that knower. No, because... Right. Yes. You're right. Now, one thing uh, that we should make note of is the knower of the field is basically of two categories. That Atman, the soul, the knower of the field, falls into two broad categories. One broad, one category is the person that is trying to enjoy. So he's using his field of activity to satisfy the senses which he's identifying with. So that's one broad category of knower. That he's using the field to exploit the nature, the environment around him for sense pleasure. Commonly referred to by, by Prabhupada as false ego? Karmis, fruit of activities. Okay. But what, couldn't it also be referred to as what he also talks about false ego? But, you know, that's you're not really the enjoyer. You're, you're, you're identifying in the wrong way. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. To some extent, yes. Okay, now the other broad category is someone who's using the field to gain liberation from it. So one is in engaging in activities of enjoyment 
of the field, and the other is using the field to gain freedom from the environment. One is exploiting the environment, and one is trying to gain freedom from the environment. Two broad categories. Both have a field, but one enjoying, the other trying to gain release. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Those two broad categories experience the field differently. The one that's trying to exploit the environment and enjoy the field with the senses of, you know, with the senses that are available, he unfortunately experiences happiness and distress. When the senses are satisfied, he's in happiness, but when they're not, he's in distress. So he's always going back and forth, enjoying suffering, enjoying suffering, enjoying suffering. It turns out that it's all more or less suffering because you've got to work so hard to enjoy and then at the end you, you suffer. So they basically, they, he's basically under, understood to be in distress because he's always in anxiety. Even when he's enjoying, he's in anxiety that when's it going to be taken away? Right. He's always in distress. Right. Now the other who's seeking to be relieved He's always striving spiritually. He's always working for to experience his true spiritual self, to gain liberation. His enjoyment is always happiness, because it's ever. In, he's always, as he's progressing towards liberation, everything about the process is enjoyable to the self. May not be enjoyable to the body. Body may not even may reject some of it at a certain point. But basically once he's situated firmly in his spiritual pursuits, it's increasing pleasure for him. It's interesting that we always come back and understand that exploitation of the environment for our enjoyment is distressful to our true self. As long as we go to exploit and try to enjoy, it's going to turn on us. It's going to ultimately end not well for us. Wherever we put our energy to exploit the environment whenever we do that it's not going to work well when we use our energy to serve the owner of the environment the king the one who's put it all there who's made it available then we're naturally always in a pleasurable position because he has a certain characteristic Sachitananda Eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. That's also our characteristic. Ananda Vasya. Ananda. That's our that's the nature. That's the nature of the Supreme, and that's also our nature. As long as we're in service to the Supreme, we're in, we're working in cooperation, then we'll enjoy 
Ananda to say, also, it's our it is our nature. Exploitation is illusion. Another thing in relationship to this concept is of the knowers of the field, those that are in knowledge of the field, are only those that understand that they are not the field. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If you think that you're the body, how can you know that the body is not the self? These unfortunate persons who haven't acquired enough spiritual knowledge to even understand that they're not the body. How can they be expected to understand and have knowledge of the field? We have to be able to discriminate between the two. Otherwise, there's no possibility of knowledge. If we're still, if we're still under the misconception that the field is the self, that illusion cuts us off from knowledge an understanding of what the actual reality, the truth is. And we see that unfortunate condition. People, they go to the end of their life, they do not acquire any knowledge of their spiritual nature, and they have the misconception that when the door of death opens and I'm forced to walk through it, that's it. That's the end. It ends there. There's nothing beyond that. They actually have the misconception that when they die, that's it. That means they lack any spiritual understanding at all. There's no way for them to understand the field when they think that, that's, that that is their actual self. And that misconception creates so much distress. Moving along, text 5. That knowledge of the field of activities and the knower of activities is described by various sages in various Vedic writings. It is especially presented in Vedanta Sutra with all reasoning as to cause and effect. One would say, well, what is the need for Krishna, who is the ultimate authority? This is God speaking. What is the need for him to back up his knowledge with the conclusions of the saints and sages in the Vedic literature. He's God. Does he really need to back up what he's saying with, with authoritative evidence? <laughs> I think sometimes man gets it wrong when they try to interpret it. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, it's just so deep, you know. We need some form of interpretation. We don't, for example, we don't understand Japanese. Mm -hmm. translator. Krishna's point here is that although I'm the supreme personality of Godhead and all knowledge comes from me ultimately, in both proper conception of things and the misconceptions, all it's coming from me. And even though I'm relating to you answers to your inquiry, understand that those answers also correspond with the saints and sages. 
They've also given these same answers. If I'm not personally here to relay knowledge to mankind, or if someone like someone else wants to know what's the nature of the field, what's the nature of the environment, they can rely on these authorities. What I am telling you and what the great sages and saints, the pure devotees, give is the same. So it's an assurance. Arjuna has a, is in a very fortunate position. He's sitting on a chariot with God. <laughs> He's got a very unique circumstance. <laughs> now we may have the same questions Arjuna has, but Krishna may not be sitting in our chariot or in our office or in our home. We may not have the good fortune of having his personal association. Although, in reality, we're never separated from right. God. But we may not be advanced enough to experience his presence. His voice. We may not hear his voice. All right. Because what, what is it? We cannot, with these material senses... Experience the Supreme Lord. He's all pervading. He's everywhere. But we have to have purified spiritual vision. And even his pure devotees, even they can't fully comprehend everything about him unless he gives them vision. Arjuna had to be given the eyes to see Krishna's universal form. The Lord's right there with him, but that aspect of his potencies were, could only be displayed and perceived by Arjuna when he was given the eyes to see it. So even though we may be with God, he's so infinite, we can't perceive everything about him all the time, even the pure devotees. He's beyond our comprehension. That's what God is. Beyond. We can know up to a limit, but fully? No. Not possible. Some assurance for us, even though we may have the same questions as Arjuna. If we have, don't have Krishna sitting beside us, we can still have an understanding of this knowledge. And he gives some examples here in the verse of people that that have this knowledge. It's available in various Vedic writings. And it's especially presented in Vedanta Sutra. Vedanta Sutra is a, a summary of, of the Vedas. And the commentary, the mature commentary on Vedanta Sutra is Srimad Bhagavatam. So Srimad Bhagavatam contains also the same knowledge that Krishna is relating to Arjuna here in response to his inquiry. Now, in the purport to this text, the position of the living entity and how he is covered is touched upon by Srila Prabhupada, if you read the purport. Uh, he talks about the 
he touches upon the different coses or or coverings mm -hmm. of the living entity. Anandamaya, Pranamaya, Gyanamaya, Vigyanamaya, and Anandamaya. So, Ana, I'm sorry, the first one is I said Ananda. It's Anamaya. So, these are different, the shields that cover the consciousness of the living entity. And that that consciousness can only perceive the field of activity to a certain degree based on these, this covering. These kosa, called kosas. In the most crude sense, in the one can perceive the environment around him as sustenance, anamoya, foodstuff, a plant. If you're in a field of activities, a plant, a tree, a little germ, all they are is their eating machines. Yes? When we look to nature and we see the lower species of life, its consciousness is limited to consumption. Very covered over. So that's called anamoya. That's all. Just you look, remember, if you remember back to biology, to those simple cell organisms, all they're doing is just consuming. Taking, bringing into themselves. So that's a very, very covered position for the soul. Not very much consciousness there. Just the tree is there just sucking energy. Sucking the sun's energy. Eating the sun's energy. Eating, the, eating energy out of the uh, air. Taking energy out of the earth. Foodstuff. Sustenance. Water. All plants are doing this. Very, very low consciousness. The next stage is pranam, pranamoya. That's when the living entity in the field of activities can perceive that there's more than him, more than just himself. Anamoya, just taking, taking, not even noticing anything else is around. It may be eating, eaten up by another thing. It's not even aware of it. It's, it's just taking. Then we come, ah, oh, then there's a perception. So pranamoya is a higher level of consciousness within the field of activity. So now perception is there of, hmm, there's competition <laughs> there's some competition for what I'm eating there's another another entity there something else is existing some other life form I'm distinct from survival mode it sounds like well the distinction is the, is the characteristic of the consciousness there's no distinction in Anamoya there's, there's, it's just all all one, it's basically. Uh, but now we come to the next platform and then we can see, oh, he's eating, I'm eating, wait, I need, you know, there's, yes, you're right, there's competition, but there's, there's consciousness of others. The next platform, Gyanamoy, 
I'm perceiving, thinking, feeling, willing. I have abilities to perceive the environment around me, to have a desire and relationship to it, a will. I can willfully express and, and try to exploit. And I can, I, I'm experiencing the environment. I'm feeling the environment. I'm hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching. So those three are in the category of complete absorption within the external energy. Complete control of the modes of material nature. Then we come to the next platform. Vigyana. And Vigyana means that I can see there is a distinction between myself and the environment. I be, I'm, I, I have, there's enough consciousness there. The coverings are relieved to such an extent that I can perceive a distinction between myself and my mind and senses and body. Now we're looking to having an understanding of spiritual nature. We can understand I'm not this material body. I'm using the body. I'm moving the body. I'm conscious of the body. But there's something, I'm different from it. There's a distinction between myself and the body. Vigyanamoya. Then there is Anandamoya. Nandamoya. I can experience the spiritual side of myself. That's not available until I give up exploitative mentality or renunciation mentality to either take or to not take, to either exploit the environment or to renounce the environment because exploitation ends in distress. So therefore, I just want to end the distress. But once I take to the service attitude and come into contact with my true spiritual being, then I can taste a different pleasure. Ananda. The blissfulness of my true spiritual existence. So these are the coverings of the soul, the kosas, to different degrees. Very interesting to understand the nature of how the living entity is covered. And there's much detailed knowledge on this in Srimad Bhagavatam. If anybody wants to dive deeper into the science of the soul, Going on to text 6 and 7, Krishna breaks down, and this is where we're going to end tonight, Krishna breaks down what is the constituents of the field. What, uh, what makes up this material field and the environment which it is in. 
The five great elements. What are the five great elements? Water, fire, air, earth, ether. water, fire, air. Yes. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. Correct. Five great. The five great elements. False ego. Intelligence. The unmanifested. The ten senses in the mind. Ten senses. Five working. Five knowledge acquiring. Remember? Hearing. One. Seeing. Smelling. Tasting. Touching. Knowledge acquiring. Five of those. Five working. Hands. Legs. Speech, Audio. reproduction, reproduction. Mm-hmm. passing. Mm-hmm. Okay, five working, five knowledge acquiring, ten senses. What controls them? Mm-hmm. The mind. Do this, do there, go here, go there, mm-hmm. eat this, smell that, see that. The mind's there, directing the senses. Mm-hmm. The five sense objects, the ears hear, the eyes see, the nose smells, so there has to be scent, the tongue tastes, so there has to be some succulent thing, and the skin feels, there has to be some substance for it to feel. So, the five sense objects, desire, hatred, happiness, distress, the aggregate, the life symptoms and convictions, all these are considered in summary mm-hmm. to be the field of activities and their interactions. Yeah, if you yeah. want the unsummarized form, it is referred to as the Sankhya philosophy. It is expounded by Lord Kapila and in giving instructions to his mother, he gives detailed knowledge, and that's all related to Srimad Bhagavatam. That's great. That's brilliant. So it's a complete breakdown of everything. <laughs> On that note, okay. I'll close. Okay, the aggregate and the unmanifested. I'm not, I'm not thinking. The aggregate. Mahatattva, the energy, which is Krishna's... All these things together okay. are Krishna's energy, his potency, and it's referred to as the Mahatattva, the energy from which he glances upon and impregnates all the living entities. Then these separate elements develop. Right. Okay, when the undeveloped state of these elements is the aggregate of the elements. If you remember in reading the Sankhya philosophy in Bhagavatam, there's different nomenclatures for all of these things. Yeah. When we say not everything in this verse relates to exactly to in, in a correlation right. with the 24 items which are given as the you know the the constituents of the material nature. Right. And if you remember those 24 items some say there's 24 some say there's 25 in other words, different philosophers, they have a different way of, different spiritualists even have a different way of, of categorizing the elements. Mm-hmm. Are there any questions? The, the unmanifested. Yes. 
it hasn't yet come into being. But it's there. Krishna's potency is there. His material potency is, is always there. Sometimes it's perceived and sometimes it's not perceived. Sometimes okay. he throws it out and yeah. sometimes he does not. He I wraps can, it back up. I can relate to that. Does it grow, the spiritual potency, or is it at a fixed Krishna's po spiritual potency is always is dynamic. It's always expanding. Mm -hmm. Material potency is limited, but it does expand to a certain point. The Lord breathes out and from the pores of his body all the different universes go. All this is related in Srimad Bhagavatam. Thank you, Dwarf. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.